Good day and welcome back to the Pin Podcast. I'm your host, a Pin of Miami, and at the Pin Podcast, we talk about modern topics with a vintage flair. If it is your first time listening to us, welcome. I hope you stick around. And if you're a returning listener, I just want to say that truly from the bottom of my heart, I love you all. Thank you so much for the support. It means the world to me. <laughs> and I want to say that if you're watching or listening, make sure to subscribe wherever you're watching. Listening, it's a free way to help your girl out. And if you want to find out about uh, all the guests coming on the show, make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Pin Podcast Official. Or you could send me a text to 1-833-48-PIN-UP. It goes directly to me. So you get to ask any questions to me, to the guest, any suggestions for future shows. Always appreciated. And this today's episode, we have a Sarah. You guys have seen her before, heard her before. She's been on the podcast before. But this time, this episode, make sure you have no kids around. We're going to be talking more of an adult subject. So you've been warned. <laughs> Welcome, Sarah. How are you? I'm doing well. And yourself, Jen? Good. It's so nice to have you back on. Same. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Today, I wanted to, so we, I wanted to talk about fetishes. I know it's such a dark, um, not dark, but like it's an unknown world for a lot of people. And to start off, let's just say, what is a fetish? Well, a lot of people use that word as well as kink interchangeably, and they're quite different. Let's start off with kink. It's something that you that you would like to explore in the bedroom, whether that's ropes or spanking or talking dirty, whatever it may be. But it is not necessary to be present in the sexual act for you to receive sexual gratification. Mm. Whereas a fetish, let's say... An easy one to do is, let's say it's a foot fetishist. They would need the foot present in some manner during that sexual interaction to be considered sexually gratifying. And there's kinksters and there's fetishists. And a lot of people, again, use the term interchangeably, but they're really different. Most people are kinky. They are willing to try new and varied things. Some may not even be in a sexual context originally, like, let's say, latex, raincoats. But it triggers something in, in, in a person that is also as sexually gratifying as a physical act. And they implement it in whatever physical act it may be. It might not necessarily be, you know, arousal to the genitals, but it is a mental arousal. As well, because the mind is the biggest sexual organ you got. It's more of an experience uh, in your head that makes your body react a certain way. Of course. And it all depends on what you want to explore. A lot of things are very taboo, but it should be fun. It should be if it's happy, consenting adults. And they're enthusiastic about exploring a certain, a certain toy, a certain act a certain a certain mood so we've seen 
things do a dramatic change of what's acceptable in the public eye. I mean, look at the Grammys. We had like Cardi B and forgot the other Megan, right? Megan the um, Stallion. <laughs> yes. How do you feel about those performances and the sexual content being on stage? Is that more like should be kept in the fetish? You, I guess my question is, should fetish be like kept secret or out in the open? And what would be healthier? What you do on your own time is your own time. Again, as long as it's happy, healthy, and consenting adults. We should be able to have more open and honest conversations about sexual acts. Even if it's about a sexual act or a sexual experience, but you're trying to learn more about it, you should be able to do that without any shame. There is a time and place. For public play, that performance was, again, just a musical performance. Is it provocative? Yes. Was it done with the intention of starting an orgy? Uh, Not really. It's just to be provocative. And some people get off on that. There's nothing wrong with that. I think more that people have more of an issue is in public, it's because a lot of people are non-consenting adults. They don't want to see that. It's not like mm-hmm. if you go to a... It's not like, let's say, you go to a strip club. You know what you're going to see. You're paying for it. Yeah. You're experiencing it. But you you went there. This is TV. There's kids. I understand that. I understand that a lot of people are still very protective. And that's fine. That's why we have warnings. That's why we have, you know, parental stickers on music. And they also promote we, the songs and who's performing. And you, you, if you know Cardi B, you know her famous song is The Wop. <laughs> you know what you're getting into. Yeah. And not everything is going to be catered to the family. Not everything should. Some things are going to be catered strictly to adults. And some things are going to be catered strictly to children. And then there's going to be some people and and things that are for everyone. And that's awesome. Everyone should have, you know, a time and place for everything. You know what you're getting into if you see that show with that artist. You don't support it. Don't watch it. Heck, I mean, we live in Miami. We've been seeing this since Uncle Luke. (laughs) Like that, that, that to me is like, I mira Kalina. But am I going to put my 13-year-old daughter, who is a dancer, in an outfit like that? Hell fuck no. Am I going to make sure that all the outfits she wears are something I deem appropriate? Because they're... I do believe there's a lot of sexualization of children. Yes, I'm going to monitor that. But that's on the parent. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to take that responsibility. They want to already have it catered to them. It makes it easier. And how do you feel about TV shows? So let's say there's there's a fetish about... There's so many fetishes, right? Of course. Now, how there about is. TV shows that use fetishes? Like, um... A lot of TV shows, unfortunately, it's just like books. Mm-hmm. The source, they're always going to get it wrong. Like whether it's a show about about polyamory or about bondage, both on Netflix, both horrible examples of both and what, things. Why do you say that they're horrible? Because when you start breaking down the actual behaviors that are being exhibited, 
-hmm. they're they're most of the time toxic and manipulative and it's not showing an actual portrayal of a healthy communication and how to proceed moving forward during an obstacle whether it is sexual or romantic so have you seen 50 shades of gray yes of course now would you say that 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 type of movie is a good representation bad have you you know it is a fantasy i am not going to judge your fantasies and i don't think you're going to judge mine it's that's what's that's what gets you off in your head who am i to judge what gets you off in your head and that's great but taking something like 50 shades of gray as a primer or an introduction into some pretty hardcore shit is not the way to go about it. It never is, never was, never has been. You'll have a lot of people within the community bash it, scream, say they hate it. Oh my God, don't mention it. It's, it's like, it's a four letter word, surprisingly. Like it's a four letter word. And it gets a lot of the, the teachers and, and enthusiasts really upset because it's portraying them as deviant hmm. in the worst ways. When they are, yes, they are deviant, but in the very traditional sense of the definition, which is they, they just steered a little off than just what you're traditionally going for, which for the longest time was just missionary, quiet, turned the lights off. Nobody said anything. There was, there was, Nobody even alluded to that they, that people had sex, let alone on TV, to now having Fifty Shades of Grey. And it's always going to push the envelope, especially the extreme. And especially in the fetish community, the most extreme is what people are going to gawk at. They see what, the... They see what, the what consider extreme? I know extreme is relative the, to person. Okay. <laughs> no. Oh. No. Extreme's not relative at all. Okay. Fifty Shades of Grey is an extreme example. They had, you know, the hitting, the biting, the the restraints. It was all very primal and very rough. But that is only one tiny little aspect of the entire community. But that's what people focus on because it's the most shocking. Okay. You see somebody in a getup. And all you conjure is these pictures of, you know, latex and, and restraints and, and ball gags and ball gags and latex toys and, and clothing. And that's, again, it's the most shocking, but it's also the smallest part, though. I do. I do want to acknowledge that the book has brought more people into the fold to actually understand more about themselves. Cause this is all just about understanding yourself and wanting to learn more about yourself in this aspect. It's more sexual, but for the most part, it's all mental. Hmm. And I'm what stuck would you now. consider the big part? What would you consider the, the big part of the fetish world? You say that, you know, that re movie represented a small part. What would you say is like the biggest part, I guess, genre of, fetish am i using the right term the biggest 
the most prevalent genre right now, and it and it's become so normalized. There's actually a really good. I'll give you the name of the the YouTuber so you can link it down below. That does the history of latex. Latex is the biggest one. That's it feels like it's latex and foot fetishes are both known more widely known. Latex is more acceptable. I think it's because it is clothing and not part of you because you tell somebody, Hey, I'm a foot fetishist. Yeah. Oh, really? Like, ew, you like feet? And a lot of people get sad. The most common and widely acceptable fetish that I have seen and experienced has been the latex. People really like it. They just like the feel, the clothes. It, it's more acceptable than other fetishes. Like, let's say feet or different types of play because it's not just about a fetish you can have a kink and it's just something that enhances your experience but doesn't need to be there for you to get sexual gratification what does a lot of play mean in fetish what do you think how do you play how did you play as a kid i, I just i find it i guess how can i say imagine like let's take something like kitten play it's getting more and more popular and People like Ariana Grande kind of allude to it in in their videos to like, let's keep with the music videos, you know, and, okay. and sexual content in there. So putting that fetish to play. Put like, it, that putting that fetish to like play. It's more of a kink. Like, oh, look at me. I'm a kitty. I'm going to wear ears. I'm going to have a cute little tail and I'm going to walk around for you. You know, I'm going to act like a kitty and purr. And some people really get off on that. Do they, when it gets to the point that they actually need that for any sort of sexual gratification, that's when it turns into a fetish. Mm. But up until that point, it's just considered a kink. Like you don't need, if you don't need ropes and to be restrained or to restrain someone to get off, that's a kink. It's when you actually require it. Uh, okay. To, to be like, if let's let's do something ridiculous, like, oh, I need to wear a flower in my hair every time I have sex. Anything sexual, I need to wear a flower in my hair. If I'm not wearing a flower in my hair, I cannot get off. That would be a fetish. Hmm. Okay. Good and for know. certain people, the, it's different things. <laughs> exactly. A lot of people don't, and they interchange the the phrasing. Thankfully, kinksters and fetishists are really cool. For the most part, at least the ones I know, and we have a big old community here. And they're just sweethearts, every single one of them. So how does it work? And let's say if somebody wants to explore their fetish or their kink and they don't know what to do. Like they find out that they love feet, but they want to learn. Well, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Or, you know, or they didn't even think of something as a fetish until somebody like brought it up. Um. You know, it could be wearing the color red. It could. There's so many and very different things. And once you start exploring and really just finding out about yourself, it's a wonderful thing. And that way you can also communicate to your partner or partners. Hey, um, I like these sorts of things and I would like to introduce you. Do you have anything that you would like to show me? And it brings another aspect of another healthy dynamic 
in their relationship because a lot of people do not talk about their sex life, especially with their partners, which is the number one person you should be talking to. They should be able to know. It's like, oh, you want to do something? They should be able to know first before all your girlfriends you asked around. Your internet history is just filled with stuff and you don't know. You should be able to communicate, preferably. I know it's hard, Mm -hmm. but it's worth it. (laughs) Trust me, everyone will have a good old jolly time. It's all about communication. Communication, communication, communication. (laughs) Exactly. And if they don't think it's something that they enjoy, well, there's always ways to find new experiences. Would you consider the way the preference that somebody has like being transgender or being polyamorous like would you consider those kinks fetishes they can be fetishized and they have been Mm -hmm. but it's 2021 stop transgender and transsexual is not a fetish at this point they are people unless they present themselves that way. And there are certain actors and actresses that do that. They're in on it and that's fine. But their partners have always been from what I've seen. Again, I'm not in that particular world. Research. Talk to your partner. If you have a partner again, I keep saying partner, 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 because I have a partner. But if you don't, there are plenty of safe websites that you can go on. The easiest one, the most accessible one, and safest one is FetLife. FetLife. F-E-T-L-I-F-E. What's on that website? But okay. FetLife. Yes, that's (laughs) the best. It's safe. You can explore. There's conversations. Nope. Do people hook up and use it as a hookup site? Yes, but they do that on they do that on every site. Okay. Everyone will slide into your DMs on Instagram, message you on 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 Facebook, and you know give you random snaps, whatever. But it, it is a but it is a great place to explore, connect, and communicate your desires with people. That yes, it's a sexual topic, but they're not trying to get into your pants they're trying to figure out this whatever the dilemma may be together whether it's i want to get into rope and i don't know what to do or oh my goodness my latex broke for the fifth time i can't stand this oil does anyone have a recommendation on how to clean this or i want to build a saint andrew's cross how do i do it i don't even know what that is Um, you're going to have to look at pictures because, yeah, it's a cross. <laughs> and you hang, everybody knows it. Everybody's seen it. Everybody just thinks of it like the, the bondage X. Okay. That's where you hang. <laughs> you're normally not, if you are, that means you're, you're, it's a scene's over. You're dead. You're tired. That's <laughs> it. Go get some aftercare. So how would you, how do you think, what do you think of OnlyFans? Do you think that's exploiting people's fetishes for money or do you think it's? It is fantastic. Are you kidding me? Are 
giving the power to the actual creator instead of having a poorly actress perform like a goddamn donkey and paid pennies while producer and film crew and all these people are making money off of her literal back. No, 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 no. Give her the money. Thank you. Give the performer the money. Thank you. And give them their rights. They are, there totally should be legalization of all of this. But that's another topic. I didn't. Legal. What do you mean? Like, to legalize sex working? Of course. Okay. In the United States, how do you think the West was made? If you start researching the history of pretty much anywhere, especially here in the U.S., you got to thank whores. They're the ones that tamed the men to make towns and roads and bullshit. I did see, uh, and this is the only little history I have, was from Drunk History. I don't know how true that would be. They had an episode of the college. They did, and it's true, and look it up. And going on that note, mm-hmm. and going on, that also touches on a topic today, guess who are the number one most exploited workers? Sex workers? Sex workers. Asian females. Mm -hmm. And the Shanghai roads that would take that would take people into slavery and just literally rip you off the street. It's real and it's bad. And we should all acknowledge this. We've treated people like garbage. And just for our sexual gratification. Do you think making uh sex work legal and having, you know, just like a regular workplace um that'll make everything better? Or try attempt. Of course, you get cleaner people, so less infections, which means less money, time, and effort spent on curing people that of very preventable diseases. Let's not forget the fact that sex workers are exploited, harassed, their children taken away beaten, raped, there's no resources for them. If if the pandemic hit, how many of them have like a 401k to fall back on or retirement money or even be able to claim unemployment or benefits of any kind? It's so interesting. And they're doing work you're, you don't want to do. Yeah, it's so interesting because I would have never thought of this again it's that's why i want to bring these subjects on the show because i don't know about them i'm sure some of my viewers don't know and i you know i want to learn more because you know all we know is like what we hear in the videos and music videos about only fans and yeah at first it's like you hear it and you just think oh these women why can't they just get a job and it's like that is a job you know they're doing it is a very difficult job not only do you have to perform in front of a camera, you have to market, research, edit, video, sound, everything. You have Outfits. to do everything. <laughs> Outfits, communicate with your fans, see what kind of content they want, because at the end of the day, you're going to do what your fans ask you. And that takes time, money, and effort. Can you imagine somebody telling you, hey, Jen, I want you to do a photo shoot for me and I want you to wear this and do this and have this whole list of demands. And are you going to tell them no? No. Are you going to tell a photographer no? Or whoever it is that's, that's hiring you that, no, I'm not going to do this after you already 
essentially agreed like, hey, this is the content. This is these are my my demands or my list of my list of requirements if you want to get a photo shoot from me. Mm-hmm. And they did all of that and they're like, okay, well now this is my transaction. It's purely transactional. People just get upset because they don't like the concept of selling the human body in a way they deem inappropriate. And they deem a performer's body in a sexual context immoral. And that's interesting because even when you go to um, any type of labor, like you get your car done or your hair done, you know, people are performing an act on you and they're making money too. It's just a different way of seeing it. If you notice, everything is sold with sex. Everything. You go, just like you said, the hairstylist, I, look how pretty you're going to get, you're going to get tonight. <laughs> Nails, eyelashes, makeup, outfit. It's all catered to the one thing that we, most of us, we all just want to find a mate, whether it's for a night or if it's for longer. And it's just how you interact with that person. You're not being forced to interact with somebody that you don't want to. And you have all the power. Yeah, no pressure. There's no pressure. And it's at your pace. Some people just, when they, when they start, start researching about their own sex life, they just go, they just <laughs> explode like an atom bomb. They're like, I want to learn everything and I want to learn it now. And I want to do it all now. <laughs> and that's wonderful. And other people are very shy and timid. They're like, I'm just going to, I'm going to just experiment with maybe trying on a new pair of undies. And that's great. There's no shame. There shouldn't be any shame unless that's your kink, but that's a whole different, again, whole different, uh. There's a kink for everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Being shy. Hmm. And a lot of times it's just role play. A lot of people like to pretend they're somebody else or a better version of themselves. And they don't let themselves experience that because, no, no, no. Why am I pretending? Why am I acting? Because it's fun. And just because it has a sexual context to it doesn't mean it's a necessarily physical act either. Yeah. Because most people think sex, they think it's a physical thing. It's also mental. Mainly. Mainly. Even, even, if, you're, even if you're straight vanilla. Even if all you want you, your partner, and no fools, no nothing, mm-hmm. still speak, communicate. Now, one thing I wanted to like end this episode with is I want to know about the fetish parties because when I think fetish parties, I'm I'm gonna put it in my own terms. What I think of. Well, when I, what I used to think of before I, I even knew what they were is when you first hear it, you think it's like a bunch of people having an orgy in a room. And I feel like that's the wrong impression to have, but that's what I feel like. I mean, I'm a victim to that because I knew I thought that way before. Most people (laughs) unfortunately think the way you do. Yeah. Um, I blame movies for that. Hmm. And mostly what you see in movies are more already heavily consenting thoroughly tested adults that have been doing this with each other for a while 
here in Florida, the word fetish is very interchangeable with kink. Fetish parties, like submission or, um, there was another one at, yeah, it was submission. Submission, alter ego. There's a whole slew of different, of different parties here, but they're more kink parties. It's, think of it more like a meet and greet. You get to wear whatever kink you want. It's allowed. You know, you want to wear latex. You want to wear lace. You want to wear just a really nice suit. That's all allowed and accepted. And then it's just a regular club. Just people are. It's a regular club. People are dressed a bit differently. But we get the same stigma stigma when we go to brunch and are dressed the way we are. Yes. (laughs) This is, it's basically a safe space to express yourself. Nobody's going to take your picture unless you allow it. Nobody is going to come over to you and like start grabbing you there. The first three rules are consent, consent, consent. They will kick you out if they even think you're looking at somebody funny. In, in, with any ill intention. They don't play with that here. They don't. We're very respectful and protective of our community, especially since it's already so stigmatized. Even one bad press release is is talk. Well, yeah, because you already have that negative connotation. Um, I mean, even with the example I gave in asking this question. <laughs> so people will go. And that's okay that. because you're trying to learn. You're not doing it from a place of disgust or act or being accusatory of of any impropriety but that's why you create friends within the scene that help you out and even talking to your to your regular friends it should be something a little more normalized to talk about a sexual issue in a in a more academic way it's like i am not feeling you know i'm not feeling this that am i doing something wrong can I get your opinion without any shame or laughter or or feeling dirty? Because none of this is dirty. I mean, we all got here because two people decided to bang <laughs> for the most part, like 99% of us, you know, and, and that decision is a bit iffy, but we're not going there either. <laughs> <sighs> so in these fetish parties, um... Since you mentioned it, like, so you're not allowed to take photos in them? No. And you are not allowed to take photos. They sometimes have a photographer and you sign a waiver if you're okay or not okay. But for the most part, no. People and people are very respectful of that. They're not going to, you know, out you. A lot of people have jobs that, unfortunately, they can't express themselves because they will be stigmatized. And that sucks. But if you also want to learn more, on YouTube, there's Miss LX, who is a great resource for beginners. She has a very calm and soothing voice, and she speaks more in depth about oh, you sent me her EDSM. We met up. Yes. And also Evie Lupine, Lupine, I'm pronouncing her name horribly, 
But Evie as well is another one. She's a little more gothy. Um, but she has also great information and different discussions. FetLife to you seems a little too out there. Then start with videos and YouTube is actually a great resource to dip your toes into learning a little more about you and what you may or may not like. It might surprise you. The last question I have for you is, what do you think about, we talk about only, we talked about only fans, but how do you feel about the porn industry? And I know that a lot of people always talk about Pornhub. Um, toxic. It's so, okay. It's toxic because the people that are on there, how do they get paid? I don't even know. That's why I think only fans is a great way to start the using clicks. Depending on what era you're talking about. Okay. I'm talking about now. I didn't even know there was now? eras. <laughs> oh, of course. Every era had its own had its own ups and downs and how actresses would get paid. And even to this day, like you had very few actresses get paid or be as popular as, let's say, Jenna Jameson back in the early nineties. Now she wants nothing to do with porn and that's great for her. But at the height of her career I believe she was one of the most highly paid porn actresses. And even that was paltry compared to what she should have been getting paid. They've never treated the, they've never treated and, and men get paid even worse. Really? Surprisingly. Like it's one of the few industries that the men will actually get paid worse. That's why you have not, that's why you see a lot of them have their own sites before OnlyFans. You have like James Dean. Um, and a few others that have their own sites because they can control their content. They can control. And their content means not only what they're shooting, but who they're shooting with, which is another big issue in, in main porn. It was, I haven't, again, I haven't stepped into that world in about like five years. Cause it's, I'd rather just, if I'm going to get porn, I'd rather support a content creator that's actually making it because they actually, because they want to and enjoy making the content than being a show pony. It's safe to say that you like the direction with OnlyFans and where it's going from there. For the smaller creators, and I honestly believe bigger creators, if you already have a name, Mm -hmm. like an actress like Bella Thorne. Or are already a very, very famous porn actress. I, I, I can't even say who at this point. Riley Reed? I don't even think she has a porn. No. But I think bigger actresses. And I know OnlyFans is... OnlyFans, as they describe the site, is only for fans. It is not a sexual site. It never started that. It didn't really... That wasn't their goal, even though they don't care. It was for people to just interact with their fans on a more personal level. Being said, now that the site has formed into more of a sexual pay-as-you-go, I honestly think bigger creators should just leave the platform or have a separate platform to it because they are making... They're already making enough money outside, and now they're making all this money... In, I sound so bitter. 
No, but I, and I'm not I, even on OnlyFans. I'm not even on OnlyFans. I just have friends that, that do it and I support them and I love them. And I just want them to have the best of everything. I don't have anything. And it really started small creators. And of course, the big fish came in. It feels like this is what it feels like for OnlyFans. You remember Etsy? Yeah. In the beginning, how it was touted handmade as handmade and small business. Handmade and small business. Okay. Same concept. Same concept. Okay. And then now all the cheap stuff on Etsy is heavily manufactured, but it looks. It, it totally looks handmade, you know, mm. but you're going to buy it because it's $12 instead of 35 That's a great comparison. <laughs> OnlyFans is Etsy. Mm. Yeah, because I heard the For controversy peoples. when Bella Thorne was on there and she like broke down the website. Um, and, and a lot of scammers, too. If you're going to tell your fans you're going to post something and you already post a certain kind of content. Mm-hmm. And you're not basically fulfilling your end of the bargain. Don't be scummy. Well, Sarah, I want to say that this has been very insightful. Because <laughs> for me, I'm one of those people Boy. that will giggle at the subject. Because, again, I'm not very And that's fine. It's aware great. Of it. <laughs> and I hope somebody learned something. And, and you gave a lot of resources that I'm going to link on the description of this episode and in the show notes. So if anybody is interested in learning more or finding out about their own fetish or kink that, you know, the good thing about nowadays is you have the Internet. You know, you don't have to go to talk to somebody if you're too shy. You could just find out on your own. You could reach out to Sarah, <laughs> you know, and it's just an amazing time to be in. And it's just about pushing forward and finding that these are just not, you know, it's not something to be shy about and just communicate with yourself. It's OK to have others. fun. There you go. Okay to have fun. <laughs> it's okay to have fun and it's okay to be silly. Not everything is super serious. I like that. <laughs> next week. It's true. <laughs> next week, I'm going to be having a cat from, it's going to be a totally different subject. <laughs> We're going to be having cat from the beauty parlor in Orlando. She was also part of the pin calendar 2021. And we're going to talk about how your hair could make your personality and your self-esteem go up. So that's going to be exciting. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, I, I want to say wait. thank you so much for being on the show. Always thank you for pleasure. having me. I'm sure I'll have you back. Um, people are going to have more questions. And see you then. <laughs> Perfect. Thank Bye. you. <laughs> Bye.